Thank you for listening to Lone Star Community Radio. This program was broadcasted and recorded live from the LSCR studios in downtown Conroe, Texas. Lone Star Community Radio is supported by listeners like you. Donate and sponsor today. For more information on getting involved with Lone Star Community Radio, contact us at lscrstudios at gmail.com or visit us online at www.irlonestar.com. It's the AOO Show, audience of one, right here on Conroe's 106.1 and 104.5, IRLoneStar.com, and wherever you get your podcasts from. I am Andrew, alongside the ball of concentrated seasoning. Yeah, I feel like I just swallowed one. I do want to let our uh, onesies know. Yeah, what up, onesies? Uh, I smoked a cigar in a bowling alley. And I woke up the next day, and I think I like inhaled everyone's cigarette smoke. You sound very uh, bluesy. Like I know you, you know being a blues band. This was crazy. So soulful singer. I had a great weekend. Went to Bernie, and I was like, I want to check out this little bowling alley, and they could smoke in there. And I was like, Oh, this, I've never been to a bowling alley smoking. And yeah, it's pretty old school now. Well, I know, it, and I found out this place has been there for hundred years. Wow. And I, I ran, went across the street, bought a cigar, two cigars, really. And just started hanging out there watching the tournament with my cousin. There. Not creepy at all. And everyone no, everyone was really nice. They bought us beer and stuff. It was great. I like, met a lot <laughs> wait, of, wait, hold on. So perfect strangers you don't know in a bowling center are just looking around like, hey, look at this weird guy behind us smoking a cigar. Let's go buy him a beer. Well, no, we were ta- I was talking to people. Like, uh, you were making friends. I was making friends. Okay, that's cool. the tournament was interesting. I was like, it's kind of funny that the one tournament y'all have every year was the one time I came up here to actually bowl here. <laughs> right. And uh, So you didn't get to bowl so because... To bowl. Yeah. So this is not just a regular bowling center, though. This is like some cool little eight-lane, hole-in-the-wall, downtown historic yeah. type thing, right? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah that's it's neat. It's uh, a non-profit. It's open to the public in certain circumstances, uh, and it's all through donations. So we donated some money. We got into a raffle. They're having a barbecue uh, fundraiser. They can do like one fundraiser a year. Oh, we should do a remote so, down there, man. Well, no, I was like, because I actually be told cool. my cousin, I was like, it'd be kind of cool to come check this out. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was, and then I woke up this, uh, woke up on Sunday morning with this thing in my voice, but this is where it gets weird. So I'm on my way home, and I talk to my dad, and he sounds exactly the same as me. Wow. And I was like, what's going on? He's like, I just, I woke up. Smoked like four cigars in the bowling alley. <laughs> and, and, well, he can't stand smoke. <laughs> and I go... Do you think we're like kindred spirits? And like all of a sudden, since I'm having sympathy it, pains, yeah, like I don't know, I don't know if it's like because it could have been the allergies or something. Because he's he's like, yeah, it's al- like minor allergies. It could be, although awfully coincidental. No, yeah, no, I, <laughs> I'm not denying that I made p- terrible health choices. Yeah, I have smoked cigars before, and I did go through a period of of my life where I was I don't want to say a regular cigar smoker because I certainly wasn't, but I I would periodically have one. And I eventually just had to stop because every time I smoked a cigar, yeah. the next day and several days uh, subsequently, I would have terrible sore throats. Just terrible. And I was like, this is not worth it. So I haven't smoked a cigar in, gosh, a decade probably. Yeah, I think I'm hitting, I do kind of miss it I'm every now and again. I'm getting to that point. Yeah. I'm getting that point. Oh, I never, because I, I, I wasn't even planning on smoking a cigar. I was like, oh, you can smoke here? I got to smoke a cigar. Like, this is awesome. Yeah. So uh, I do miss it. I wish I could do that. Maybe I'm doing it wrong. I've never had a lesson. So do they give <laughs> Cigar- you lessons? I don't know. I imagine they do. Oh, they but, probably uh, do, right? But yeah, I uh, I encourage everyone to check out Bernie, Texas. There's a lot of cool stuff. Been there I and I love it. I it's great. I can't pronounce the bowling alley name. It's like German. Oh, I it's bet. Like, it's like Varen Turn Tieren Burn or oh, something awesome. like that. It was cool. That's a great. That's a great plug for him, by the, the way. Vernon turns or something like that. Uh, what, what, <laughs> the one thing I noticed because we bowl together, Andrew and I do, from time to the, time. With the eight lanes, eight lanes looked perfect. Yeah, it's cool, man. Like no, I'm like well, like kept up. Yeah. And I was like, there wasn't the whole time I was there. I didn't see one call. And they had the above ground returns. Well, they only got eight lanes to maintain. It I should know, be good, I, right? I, well, I was <laughs> thinking that, and I was like, you know, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, the drive was nice. I felt like I was cooking inside my car, so it got it got pretty hot. Yeah, do you not have AC or is it not? I working? do, but it's like you're still. I was driving. Uh, were, you want, tr- were you trying to heat up a hot pocket? Well, it that's inadvertently happens all the time. <laughs> but no, uh, if you're talking about it in my pants, that's really gross. 
Uh, uh, I wasn't, but, but um, <laughs> new topic for conversation but, now. Well, no, we were driving in Texas when it's 104 yeah. degrees outside. Yeah. Regardless of like when you're driving long distances, you're out in the open. Right. And you're just kind of like, man, I'm cooking in here. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And, and if you don't have the best air conditioner in your car, it's not going to keep well, up. Well, it's not even that. It's like the windows. Yeah. So like oh, if, and if you don't have tent. Yeah, and you're yeah. just sitting there like getting a suntan without even knowing you're getting a suntan. And, and I think uh, the sunroof in your Audi is probably not tinted, uh, very dark, so. Yeah. You know. <laughs> That's how it goes. Dick is an exotic sports car guy. Yeah. Well, yeah. after watching all the Fast and the Furious movies, the drive home was a little intense. Yeah, I bet. Because I was like, I was like, oh, I could do that. The oh, one I... thing, see, I'm not a, a Fast and the Furious guy. I watched the first one and I thought, okay, it's pretty good. Uh, not good enough to make an entire series out of, much less 10 of them. Um, they just kind of annoy me because they're so formulaic. And, and I know you don't mind that at all because oh, you'll watch anything and you'll watch bad movies. But it's always kind of funny how these vigilante guys in cars are solving crimes and, and things like this. And it's just so silly. And But one of the things that really annoys me is how hard they shift. <clears throat> they're shifting through gears like, nope. Why are you doing that? What I guess it's for emphasis, but no well, one shifts that hard. Well, like, they, what are you doing? They all drive like 10 different cars every movie. <laughs> yeah. And there's a couple of them where like the shifter is just a little knob. And then another car like, looks like it's an industrial lever. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so. I'm going to save the world by doing a broad slide and then jumping my car over the building. <laughs> it's just so uh, stupid. That was Fast 8, I believe. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I do, I do enjoy those movies, especially like. The fact that they still make money and the fact that they still have writers. Oh, yeah. oh I know. It's incredible. They make a ton. So, hey, they're, and they're going to make another one. You know it. Well, they are, they have to now. Oh, after 10, after 10 is, it, is it a cliffhanger? I, oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, what oh, I love is there's, because it puts it in perspective when you watch all of them together. Like there was About one, just how bad they are? Well, yeah. no, there mm-hmm. was literally one, uh, I think it was like either seven or eight. They had dialogue between the, the comedy guys talking about how they're invincible. Oh, like he like Tyrese literally goes, throws his shirt at him. He's like, look at my shirt. There's 27 bullet holes in that shirt. And then real quick, and, and look I, at my abs. Oh, he's like, I'm not, I'm not, I didn't get hit once. I don't even have a scar after jumping from a submarine. He started like listing all these things. He oh, did throughout the movies, throughout the movies. Oh, that, and he's okay. like, and he goes, I don't know what this means. <laughs> so kind of making fun of themselves. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now that's, see, no, I'm telling you like, that I do. I like. was like, Oh, I forgot about that. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Now that is pretty funny. Cause you watch the first one and you watch like from the first one through like the third, fourth one. You're like, okay, this is like a car movie. <laughs> it's fun. And then it started getting crazy. And you're like, all right, I like this. This is, they're making up technology now. And they're like, one thing that I laughed, there was a there was a, a a scene in one of the movies where the bad person hacks all these cars that have a certain type of chip in it, and it's just this. You're in New York, and these cars are jumping off buildings, and it's like they're driving. Happens all the time. Well, in no, New it's York, driverless man. cars, and I'm like, I wonder if they had to talk to legal and be like, right. hey, we don't want to scare people to thinking, oh, your car can get taken sure, over. Sure, yeah, freak people so, out. So there was some throwaway line. Oh, it has this certain chip in it. And I go, I guarantee you, after this movie, someone went online. is like, does my car have this chip? Oh, you know it. Absolutely. And, and uh, yeah. And I was like, you know what's funny is that's probably why no one really likes to talk about driver like driverless cars anymore. Yeah. Because scared. Just, it's just that fear of you're going to be used for a, a an evil villain plot. Because there was, there was a funny scene where one of the taxi cars got controlled. And he's like, just kept hitting the guy in front of me. He's like, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm so glad you enjoyed those movies, Dick. <laughs> oh, 10 was, dude, Jason, <laughs> right up your alley, Jason Momoa was in it. Oh, yeah. Because you're like, by 10, you're like, how many bad people are there in this right, world? They've run through all of them. And he added so much flavor to it. His, bad guys that drive cool cars. Well, no, he had like his outfits. He wore scrunchies. <laughs> and I was sitting there going like, is this guy just a psychopath or... <laughs> Oh man! Like, you should see his outfits. I encourage everyone to see that movie, and just just pay attention to his outfits. Will do. Check. Because he's like he's it's wearing, on the list. It's like he's wearing women's clothes the whole time. Well, that wouldn't surprise me. Hey, you remember last week? Um, you brought speaking of movies, you brought up um, Dodgeball uh, and ESPN Ocho. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I remember that. And you said, no, that was on the movie, and I couldn't remember. So it caused me to go back and look this up. Was well, it turns out we were both right. So it was in Dodgeball as a joke, but then ESPN picked up on it afterwards and yeah, kind of made fun of themselves yeah. and, and, and had a, an ESPN, the Ocho, periodically from time to time, which apparently is like a, a rebrand of one of their other channels already. 
uh, and it started in 2017. It was paying homage to the fictional uh, Chan uh, Ocho uh, reference from that movie. But what's even funnier about it is they play really obscure sports, kind of like dodgeball, right? And it's really picked back up during the pandemic because everything was shut down. Most all sports were shut down. So they started showing like really, really odd edge sports, um, including like marble racing, stone skipping, and spinning contests and things like this in the show. Yeah. <laughs> This one says it, it's uh, one of their big hits was an electrician's competition. <laughs> I don't even know how you do an electrician's well, competition. I told, you, I told you about the Excel competition, right? Excel, like the work, like the, the program? Microsoft Excel, like they have like a World Cup. What are you doing? I mean, what are you competing in? It's so it's like it, it actually got really big during the pandemic. Bro, check out my V lookup skills. No, it was it's actually really intense if you look it up because they're basically. Oh, I mean, I'm sure the organizers put together like a set of. Like the like, I would call it like the set of light, uh, line items. Mm -hmm. So, for example, they're like, "Here, you're a hypothetical business. This is how big your business is. This is how many people work here. This is your income. This is your whatever." It's like these are the questions you have to answer. Oh, with these numbers. okay. And, and you have to use Excel to arrive at the answers. Okay, so it's not just an Excel contest. It's also a mathematics and yeah. sort of logic but contest. It's a big deal because really? people go on Zoom and they just they battle it out live. Who writes these questions, I wonder? Probably some some nerd. Yeah. But yeah, you check it out. I, I watched something about it. I was like, oh, that's real? That's really creepy. I, I'm surprised that hasn't been on the Ocho, or maybe it has. I don't know. It sounds like something it would be on the Ocho. Hey, when you were a kid, did you ever um, read comic books? Were you a comic book guy? Yeah. Yeah? What was your favorite? Spider-Man. Yeah. Amazing Spider-Man. Did you so. did you actually read the um, comic books or just kind of look at the pictures them. or so you read and kept up with the stories? I never could do that. Like the stories never captured my attention. I liked the comic books from a collecting standpoint, though. I liked the art or maybe the yeah. covers, but I wouldn't really. Or if I read them, I'm like, it's kind of boring because this because the dialogue is pretty bad. It's pretty thin, but the story itself might be pretty good, right? The the overall, I guess, journey of what well, this most, character is most doing. Of it's but, all conversation. Yeah. There's no set, like theme building in it because you see it. I guess. So there's yeah. Not, there's not like a description of like this is how the landscape is. Like no, it's like you see it. Yeah, I It didn't say Spider-Man so. throws a punch. It's like no, literally he's throwing a punch right now and he just says, "Gotcha." <laughs> Pow. Yeah. <laughs> I think I collected uh, Fantastic 4. I liked that one. I don't know why. I have a f I, I think I still have them or at least a handful of them. I don't have mine anymore. No? Oh, man. I, I don't know that mine are in any condition that would make them really valuable, but I have a feeling that they're worth something. Yeah. Well, the reason I bring it up is pricecharting.com. Don't know what they do, but they apparently did a study on female comic book uh, covers and from the 1940s until today, and they found something very interesting, Dick. They found that the average female character is depicted with Twice as much cleavage today. Oh, yeah, I believe it. And the breasts take up 300% more of the cover. <laughs> so I'm not, yeah. I guess they're, they're, they're targeting their, their, their audience, um, young little Dick Schistlers in middle school. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. I guess. Well, I mean, Spider Man never really had that because, it, unfortunately, I guess for the, the people who read Spider Man, he was in high school. Yeah. So it wasn't like everyone in yeah. high school had big boobies. Yeah, it says at so. the same time, the hip-to-waist ratio declined 15%, meaning female characters no longer have the exaggerated wide hips and skinny waist that they had in the early years of the comic books. And I guess some of this is maybe also true for the guys, too. I mean, they're just jacked, right, beyond what is probably humanly possible. But this article focused on the ladies. It said, considering the conservative uh, proportions of women from early comics, we figured there would have been some physical exaggeration over time. But we had no idea it was going to be this extreme until they started putting some mathematics to it. I believe it. Yeah, they took, uh, the study used 10 random comics from each decade with three female-centric uh, comics. Wonder Woman, Catwoman, and Red Sonja. I remember Red Sonja. I think I had a Red Sonja a comic book. I don't remember her proportions necessarily. Although I was young, I probably wasn't really too interested in that. And they measured uh, breast width, height, hip width, and waist width. This is hard to say. Cleavage width, skin showing, and cover width. 
Yeah. Sounds like a study you probably... They should put that into the Excel contest. If Red Sonia's boobs in 2007 were the size, what would they be? What's the correlation of sales? Yeah, Yeah. right, exactly. And this train is moving in this westward at 45 miles an hour. Oh, man, I thought that was pretty interesting, though. Who would have ever thought to take that study? I guess you just look at a comic book one day and go, man, that's kind of out of proportion. Yeah, one of of my friends, he made a comic book, but he didn't draw it. And uh, it was that's cool. It's funny. So he, you know, he did the dialogue, did all the characters, and then he had someone draw it. And I made a comment to him when he gave me the comic because I was like a Kickstarter thing. I was like, "Man, did you really mean to make her that big?" <laughs> As a matter of fact, I did. Yes. And he's like, "Oh no, they did that." <laughs> like, good excuse. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. They did that. Yeah. Well, I'm sure if they probably modeled the character after what was written to a degree, maybe because if they said tall, skinny woman, they're not going to make some voluptuous. And it was a good idea of her comic book. It, the idea was it was about a guy who lived in the comic book, like a superhero world, and he was a detective. Mm-hmm. But like, since the superheroes are always doing everything, he's like his detective work is like manual, right. whatever the word is. Oh, got so it. He so just they're like, putting him out of business. Yeah, pretty much. So oh, that's it's kind of funny, actually. It's an yeah, interesting it's, concept. I was saying it was an interesting, like day to day life of this guy, and I think it's called Just Another Day in the Office. No crimes to solve. And he's like, oh, okay, cool. Ah, that's cool. It's an interesting concept. Check it out. I will. Pretty good. So are you, if you're like me, you are probably getting tired of tipping. And what I mean by tipping, you know what I mean, like at, for service at um, a restaurant or something. Are you a fan of this uh, I, new phenomenon I, where it seems like tipping is getting out of control? I don't think tipping is getting out of control. I think the procedure of tipping... Is getting out of control. Okay, explain. So, like traditionally, when you tip, you're you're tipping after the service. Yes, correct. But a lot of places are not doing that because in procedurals you pay first, and then they ask for a tip. You're like, "Why well, haven't got my cup of coffee yet?" Right. Why would I tip? Yep. You go to a place where you order, and they immediately flip over that little iPad, and you pay right there. And of course, it's preloaded with eighteen, twenty, twenty-two, twenty-five percent yeah. tip, and you're like. Wait, I haven't received a, a bit of service or food yet, and I'm I'm basically tipping for future expectations of your service, and that's weird to me because it well, always yeah. used to be afterwards. Well, that's what I'm saying. So, like, certain restaurants are still doing the traditional thing where they do the service and then you tip. Yeah, in restaurants and, for and, sure, but in places where you order like that, I don't like that. That's kind of weird, and it seems as though now there have been software installed in a lot of these businesses that on the receipt. It's got a tip line on just about everything. Yeah. And then you are you almost feel obligated like you need to tip, right, because it's there. And then if you don't, you hand it back to the poor person making minimum wage behind the counter, and you're like, yeah, I'm not tipping because they didn't necessarily give you a service or something, but you feel bad. It's kind of gotten out of control, and I, I wish it would just go back to the way it was. Well, I mean, I, you're never going to ha- have businesses that are all doing the same type of things, meaning like people pay when they leave. You know, yeah. same thing with the bowling alley. The bowling alley, what I what I always get upset with is you go to the snack bar, you order your food, and they don't tip, but they still come bring your food. Mm-hmm. So, like, they're basically a full service right. besides refilling your drinks. Yeah. And those, ki- those kids don't get any tips. Okay, well, if you said you don't think it's out of control, let me ask you this question. Are there things that you don't what, – no, what do you mind paying tips on or that you're like, like you know what, I don't think I should tip this? Like a service. Any type of service. So, like, if I have a moving service, you tip them. Okay. If is I there have, something that you don't tip, or you're like, no, that's dumb, I'm not tipping? You know, it's funny, I, I was thinking of this uh, the other day, is when you do, uh, like, pick up. Mm-hmm. When you pick up food, or right. to-go food, or... Because, yep. like, you don't tip McDonald's. Nope. But you feel obligated to tip Chili's. And they're preparing it, putting it into a box, putting it into yeah. a bag, and handing it to you. But if you go to Chili's, it's in a box, in a bag, and it's handed to you, but you tip them. It is kind of weird. And I, and this is the real divisive one. The pickup stuff is divisive because some people don't tip well, on takeout. There's also, two, but, there's also two ideas behind tipping. Is First is a percentage base mm-hmm. off your bill. Mm-hmm. And the second is you know an itemized list of off your bill. Because like, I know people who like go to a bar, they get a beer, they tip a dollar for every drink they get. Mm-hmm. You hear that? 
I do. All of a sudden, that was weird. Oh, went away. But uh, and then or or you do at the dinner table where you're like, oh, whatever the twenty percent of the tip is, right? Whatever. Yeah, mathematics seem to come into play more when you're doing tipping for dinner than on like a beer. You're just like a ah, dollar for whatever reason, which yeah. could be. 50% tip or it could be 10 but for whatever reason you just throw a dollar at dollar it. Right. Yeah, but there's I've heard the theory though that some people don't tip on takeout orders because they're not providing the same level of service and I've heard the counter argument to that is people servers do just as much work to prepare that, especially if you're at, you're like at a Mexican food restaurant and yeah. you order fajitas, they got to put all the salsas into the little containers and they got to put all of things separated and it takes them 10 minutes to prepare that, which might be more time than they would even spend with you at the dinner table, but you're not going to interface with them and people don't tip them. And I thought, wow, I hadn't thought about that. Cause, but I do. I tip on takeout orders too. Well, what they should do, again, this is like an industry thing. With the to-go orders, what it should be is like tips, not like basically the price you're getting is a takeout order price. And that includes a tip. Yeah. That way it doesn't confuse people and sure. you're still tipping out your people. Right. Because you know you can go to certain restaurants and they do that. It's like if you have more than six people mm-hmm. at the table, we're going to automatically charge you gratuity. So that's what I would do. Because what, what confuses me, especially like I worked at Sonic and the car hops got tips, but they didn't have to share it with anybody. And I remember complaining about that. I was like, isn't that kind of unfair? Right. Like they literally just take the food out. Right. Like we prep it. We do the drinks. We get it the silverware. We get everything. We make sure our bags of cocaine don't accidentally fall yeah. into a hot dog. Right. Yeah. You're doing I mean, a lot of work, man. And I was, and I, I argue with the guy. I was like, why don't we just do a tip pool? Like, right. To me, that makes more sense. Well, we'll lose the car hops if that happens. And I'm like, oh my god. Hmm. I didn't know you worked at Sonic. Well, apparently, um, a lot of people feel kind of like the way I do that the tipping culture is getting out of control. Um, because a new um, study from Bankrate finds that two-thirds of adults respond to this poll have a negative view about tipping and are forking over less dollars for a tip. And some of this could also be in relation to um, inflation as well as the price of things get higher and higher, you have less tolerance to continue giving more and more of a tip. That that certainly could be it. Um, But it's declining. And one of the things that stood out to me about this this Bankrate article was that only two-thirds of sit-down restaurant goers tip the wait staff. Two-thirds. That was kind of shocking to me. I just assumed, I, I mean, I'm, I, I assumed that somebody wouldn't tip, but I didn't realize a full third of everybody going into a restaurant is not tipping their wait staff at a restaurant. That's crazy. But it's going down now. It, from two-thirds, it's actually down, I think they said it's down around 67 or 68% now, or sorry. Uh, I don't know the math here. But it's going to, oh yeah, nearly one third of people say they're annoyed at these pre-tip centers and screens and blah, 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 and it's having a negative impact. Well, again, it's it's all, it's the industry not communicating with the patron. Yeah. If you, if you explain it to them, that, because like, for example, the snack bar kids stories, I was like, y'all should put a sign out that says full service. Right. Like, yeah, well, and that might help. And that, that way might. they understand, like, oh. And tipping's a very cultural thing, too, because in some countries, if you were to travel mm-hmm. to, say, I don't know, Mexico or something, and, and you're on one of these these tours there, they will ch- expect a tip for everything they're doing. They get their ba- your bag out of the car for you, and they're, they're holding their hand. They open the door for you at the hotel, they're wanting a tip. And then in some cultures, I think tipping is considered insulting. And so it's really just, it's it depends on where you are in the situation, I guess. But I do think we're kind of on a, an over-tipping trend in my opinion just and that's all software related well would you consider like a, the business you work at you get your bonus is that considered a tip or is that an earned bonus Ooh, that's a good one because like i imagine that's what the managers of the restaurants explain to their servers yeah it's like, I, hey this is an earned well the problem is they don't even make minimum wage though well that's because there's some loophole with the whole crap. yeah yeah that, that needs to go away but that's what i'm saying like they would just pay them a decent wage and we wouldn't be so dependent on people tipping them anyways because like because you, you have to ask somebody like hey say i knew i was in europe right and wherever that culture is they don't like it but why should i be shunned for wanting to tip somebody mm, you know like, if I want to give this person a tip for helping me. Yeah. Like, it just should be able to. And, like, even that, like, I remember I had a, a situation where someone helped me financially with something. Like, we're helping with, like, move my money. And it, it was so complicated to me. After she figured it out, I bought her a bottle of wine. And she's like, oh, we don't accept tips. Mm. Like, that's not- and I was like, this isn't a tip. This is, like, a thank you for dealing with my crap. And... <laughs> 
Well, you have something in, in common with older women because it says people who tip more frequently tend to be women and older adults. The worst are Gen Zers and millennials and men, it says. Huh. I don't know. I tip. I'm going to continue to tip my servers, but I, I do think the. I mean, I'd even tip you. But you did such a good job today <laughs> on today's show. That would be really funny after the show. You really brought it. Oh, man. So did, have you ever, um, when you were a kid, did you ever like swallow bubble gum or something yeah, like that? I swallowed everything, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> yeah, buddy. That, no, I'm not going to go there. Yeah. And of course, what was the thought? If you swallow bubble gum, it stays in your stomach for seven years, forever. right? Forever. Yeah, yeah, forever. Well, I, as it turns out, that's not actually you know, true. It does not stay in your stomach for seven years. It doesn't even stay in your stomach for five years or one year for that matter. Your stomach cannot process it, period. Your stomach cannot digest gum. Instead, it just passes it. So if you were to swallow gum, it's probably coming out the next day. You just don't see it. Um, or it might look a little different if you're hunting for it. But yeah, I always thought that was funny. Um, well, <laughs> doctors in a southern Chinese hospital removed something very unusual from a man's intestines. Something that he swallowed 20 years ago. And it's a 14 centimeter long toothbrush. Oh my god. So it says the number three people's hospital of Xin, Xinjiang, sorry. That's 5.5 inches for... Thank you for that quick centimeter to inch conversion. That's a big toothbrush. The onesies appreciate it. Well, no, I mean... With the whole handle and everything, that's probably about right. God. No, I mean, like, to swallow and not know you did that. Well, there's more to the story. Hold on. It says uh, the hospital said that this was one of the most bizarre uh, items that doctors have found in patients' entrails, along with nails, coins, and lighters. But the sad part of this is this was a 51-year-old man um, who apparently swallowed this toothbrush 20 years ago. In an attempt to kill himself, oh. and that's I guess that's a cool it, reminder. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, he was diagnosed with HIV, and mm, I guess he at that time thought his life wasn't worth living, so he swallows a toothbrush in an attempt to uh, kill himself. It doesn't work, and then he <laughs> starts having all of these abdominal pains, as you can imagine. Several years later, and uh, they had to go in and operate on him to get it removed. That is wicked. I mean, I. Can't imagine the conversation. Yeah, right, exactly. Well, if these odd objects in your stomach are left untreated, you know, they could um, reach the liver and result in fatal infection. So remember that before you are swallowing items like coins and What a way to lighters. try to commit suicide. Right? I mean, I guess it's what's afforded to you, what's offered. If you didn't have any way of, you know, like a knife or a gun or something to do it, I don't go, you knife yourself? That's terrible. Yeah, it doesn't seem like one of the items that would come to mind early on. Oh, what are the ways I could do Toothbrush. <laughs> Doesn't sound. Yeah. Yeah. I've never. I've never heard of that before. But maybe it's different over there in in China. I don't know. <laughs> All they get is toothbrushes over there. <laughs> they won't let you commit suicide there because they put the nets around the buildings. What? <laughs> you didn't hear about that? Like the iPhone plants. Uh -uh. And all. So many people were trying to commit suicide. They put like safety nets around the buildings. Oh, oh no, I have heard of that. Yeah. So they don't want you to commit suicide. Ooh. You need to be a slave forever. <laughs> that's sad, man. Oh, that the fact that they have to do that. Yeah, that's People's Whoa. Republic of China right there, buddy. No doubt. I don't want to. Yeah, I'm not going to go there. Oh, we can't talk trash? Ooh, well, let's, mm, I suppose we could. But yeah. uh, have you heard of these, I don't know. I guess we can tie this on anti-capitalism if we're talking about China, but have you heard of these these pay-only-what-you-want uh, concepts? I mean, I heard, like, I'm trying to think of it. It's kind like, of along the same lines as the, the tipping yeah. conversation we well, just had. Yeah, it's not really, I don't, I, well, for example, I've been to places where you can haggle. On food? On everything. Wow. But it wasn't a restaurant. It was I mean, like, I know I've been to estate sales where you can haggle on stuff pretty good, but at a restaurant, things are usually pretty set. Yeah, not not really a restaurant, but it's more of like a fair or whatever. And, you know, there's some might be food there, but. Huh. Well, I, I remember several years ago, there were these pay what you feel you should pay concept restaurants that were claiming wild success. Oh, my gosh. I, I don't put prices on anything and people just pay me what they feel they should pay and everything works out just great. 
Well, you know, some places have to do that, right? Hmm? No. Yeah, they don't have a license for certain stuff. Well, yeah, but so that's like if that's, I if I don't have a license to sell these muffins, I'd be like, hey, you can give whatever you want. Hmm. I I hadn't really considered that. I know with alcohol, if you don't have a license, right, you just give it away free. Mm. Why wouldn't you just set a price? Because I think I don't think you can because they're not selling it. I'm so confused. Like you don't have to do texts. You don't have to do uh, sales. It's just tax. a loophole then. So it's just like if you put a donation box, like hey, if you, it's kind of like when they. I've been to like you know different places. Where like, oh, we're doing a fundraiser. You can have the candy, but if you take the candy, consider donating. Yes, of course. I've, so. Yeah. Okay. Well, this was a Canadian um, restaurant named The Anarchist. So these people are obviously anti-capitalism or whatever, and they had this pay-what-you-can business model. They've been in business for about a year, and uh, they're closing up shop at the end of the month. Can't imagine why. Would you like to take a guess? A wild guess. Uh, they weren't paying their employees. <laughs> no, he says he's. They bl- weren't employees. Well, that's well. I mean, no, I'm sure they They're had to. Comrades. <laughs> yes, there you go, comrade. Comrade. I, know, I mean, I don't. It says they lack general generational wealth seed capital from ethically bankrupt sources. That statement makes no sense to me whatsoever. Uh, no, it sounds like an excuse why they didn't want to play the game. No, it sounds like they weren't making enough money. Well, so this thing. wonderful concept that they, they had, they came up with, because, you know, capitalism is so terrible, they realized they have to make money to run a business, and they're not getting enough business. Shocker. They also carried a section of radical books, arts, pens, and T-shirts, and more for sale, but I'm guessing even those items were up for debate on what the value was. Yeah, I mean, I like it. It said it did charge for other items like um, espresso and things, but breakfast pastries were um, at a subsidized cost to. No, no, no. I'm sorry. It was pay what you want for certain things, but other items like espresso and beverages and, and pastries were actually had a cost to subsidize the loss in revenue. Sorry, I said that backwards. Oh, I want to let you know I'm on. I'm on the internet. Congratulations! And wow. Looking at the Anarchist Cafe, they're not shutting down. What? Did they get an influx of thank ethically you. sourced bankrupt yeah, so uh, wealth seed capital? Thanks <laughs> thanks to the huge influx of support and the very generous donation of a pub, of publicity and attention from the Christian conservatives of Texas and Florida. I'm, this is real. What? Yeah, I'm going to put it up for our guests no way. on uh, on No the, way. And this is the one in Canada. So a bunch of Christian conservatives from Texas and Florida are, are supporting a, a an anarchist Business well, I think in I think they're Canada. making a joke saying... Yeah, it have to be. It like, would have since, to be. Since we were complaining about it here in Texas and Florida, anarchists will continue to operate after May 30th. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, I am terribly wrong. Sorry, anarchist capital, or whatever that restaurant is called. All right, man. Well, I think it's a pretty good time to take a break on that. When we come back, uh, we've got a really interesting concept. What do you think of, would happen if what? someone goes in there and burns it? I, I mean, it would burn. <laughs> well, I mean, like, I feel like that would be part of their mo. Because they're anarchists, like. Oh yeah. right, yeah, I get. It. I see what you're saying. Yeah, it doesn't make any. None of it right. makes sense. That's the whole right. point. No. All right. When we come back, we got a really interesting story about someone who appeared on the Family Feud, as well as Ghost Kitchens. We'll be back. Audience of One, Wednesdays at 10 a.m. right here on Conroe's 106.1 and 104.5. Listen to the brain droppings of local hosts, me, Andrew Belshner, along with the jewel of Montgomery County Radio, Dick Schisler. Topical musings, news stories, oddities, or just weird conversations that we normally have with ourselves, all mixed together with the occasional guest. You can also find us on Facebook, YouTube, and Apple Podcasts. All right, onesies, we are back. Yes, at the best of Dick, giving me all the hand motions. Go, Andrew, go. Maybe I just want to listen to this awesome song. Have you ever thought about that? I just want to go fast, Andrew. <laughs> Too much fast and furious. By the way, you should just let that music go for a little while. Just put it under, under, as a bed and just let, yeah, it, just yeah, let it play, yeah, yeah. man. So good. Welcome back. We're here every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Lone Star Community Radio. Audience of One, 
show with Richard and Andrew. God, the, yeah, we are having the PC some... PC police came we, after me. No kidding. We are having some issues with the name of our show and promoting it. It, uh, it does tend to get flagged quite often on social media sites yeah. for profanity. And I'm like, what the heck? And then I realize I got a dick on the show. Yeah, that's me. That's me. <laughs> but uh, make sure to look us up on Facebook if you haven't already and follow us there and subscribe to YouTube, Lone Circle Me Radio, all that kind of stuff. Uh, we appreciate those follows for the station. Andrew and the onesies, along with Richard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got to change it. But uh, it's we're halfway through June. <sighs> oh my gosh, time Isn't is flying, crazy? man. Yeah, the ratings came in uh, last last month, and uh, blowing it out. We're blowing the doors open on this thing. So keep liking, subscribing, and sharing, everybody. Absolutely. So hey, I think last week. Can you turn that music down? It's really annoying. Last week yes, we did, we did a uh, no I'm kidding man it's an awesome song we did a, a story I think was it last week maybe two weeks ago on what animals um, Dick thought he could beat in a fight it was based off of the YouGov survey where they surveyed Americans on what animals they thought they could beat in a fight and of course this was the one segment we accidentally were not recording for and so we went back to do it Dick was not interested but I felt like it was important to do mm-hmm. because <laughs> it is important to know what animals you could potentially beat in a fight if you were to face them in the wild. This is important stuff. Yeah. And the reason is it's important because I ran across two stories just this past week of people being attacked by beavers. Yeah, beavers are pretty crazy. Now, that wasn't on the list, I don't think. But a rabid beaver, beaver, <laughs> beaver attacked a man swimming in the Connecticut River between Hatfield and Hadley on Sunday evening. And um, it, this guy actually had to go to the hospital because he was attacked on his side, and then and um, <clears throat> the ambulance had to come and rescue him because this guy was was beaten up so badly by a beaver. And again, if he had been prepared, if he had been thinking about it, maybe he had participated in the audience of one <laughs> radio segment. He would have known. You know, I can't take this beaver. I'm gonna I'm gonna retreat, or I know I can take it and be prepared for it. Well, sometimes you don't have a choice. What do you mean? Oh, well, yeah, some, but you always got to be prepared. Be beaver aware. Oh. Are you beaver aware? Well, that's why people should pack. Yeah, yeah, and I think our, ours was you have oh, to be un, you know unarmed. Me, but you know, speaking of unarmed and fighting for your life, you know how the internet always comes at you with weird subliminal messages all the time. So I've been getting weird ads for like stealth holsters for weapons. Okay, but I don't own a single gun. I own all of the guns. But, like, it's getting annoying where it's like... Maybe I, it's telling you it's time to protect yourself, I, man. Well, that's, Peace up, bro. No, it's going to be one of those things where I get knocked in the head from being robbed, and the first thing that my brain tells me, you should have got a gun and bought this stealth holster that you can wear your that's p- right. par- party shorts with. Because, I mean, I'm getting hit so hard on every... Because you never know when you're out swimming... Like Mark Personini, who was 73, was out for a swim when a beaver attacked him. And that beaver had rabies. That's not good. You don't want rabies. Got to make sure you can piece up and beat that thing. Well, do you, let me ask you, if you got attacked by a wild animal, wouldn't you kind of like logically go, I need to go get tested for rabies? Oh, yeah, no doubt. I think that's probably part and parcel when you go to the hospital with no. some sort of animal bite. They're going to test you for rabies. I, I wonder what percentage of animals out there are carrying rabies. Well, I always thought like that was the... Urban myth with armadillos, like yeah. Well, no, I have heard that. Is that a myth? I thought they actually did carry rabies. Well, not every single one. Oh well, yeah, no, obviously. I mean, they can. It's like squirrels; they can. Well, I was carry always, rabies. you know, growing up here in Texas, you know, where it's where we have armadillos. I was always like, just don't go near them because they have every disease known to man. That's I've heard the same. So. I have heard it. So Mark said the beaver started gnawing on his leg, and he never saw it. I thought it was some sort of weird mutant lake trout. He surfaced near my head, and he grabbed it. Then he went on to bite my head, and I had to punch him a couple of times. See, it's a fight right here. I just had to take the licking and get to the shore. By the time I got to the shore, I was exhausted. If I had to swim 10 more yards, I would have drowned. If I had come on to shore, he would have finished me off. I would not have been able to fight him. He said he would. it would have then finished killing me. This beaver was out for him. And I didn't think beavers were really that vicious, man. I mean, I, I could see them maybe attacking if you went after their their babies or something or near their nest, but this guy was just out for a swim. Old Mark from, I don't even know where the heck this was. This story, there were several of them. 
it popped up. It did make me think of the story we did last week or the game we did a few weeks ago. I like it. Yeah, just man. Just don't put yourself in this situation where you're fighting animals. Well, right. Don't swim in lakes, guys. Yeah. It's just weird. Go outside. Don't be a lake guy. Just well, stay inside. Yo, Listen yo, to audience one. Here you go. You want to be afraid? This is going to be a transition. I'm so. a little scared right now. Well, I got an article. Oh, bring it. Bring or it. a story. I don't really know how to sum it up. But it sounded, when I saw the headline, I was like, this is why you should be afraid to live in a house of the future. Of the future or a house in the future? In the future or of the future. Or a or futuristic house now, currently. Yeah, so... The These story, are things I need to know for the story. The story starts with a guy who has a bunch of Amazon tech in his house, like for his lights. Oh, yeah, smart house. For a smart house, basically. Yeah. I like dumb houses, by and the way. And then uh, he noticed that his account has been locked. And he, oh, and he was, I think I know where this is going. And he got freaked out. And he was like, oh, I got hacked. And so when you get when your account gets locked, you can't access Alexa. Because, because uh-huh. when you try to purchase something... It does. It wants to prevent people from purchasing, right? Right. And uh, so his account got locked. He's freaking out, and they couldn't tell him why. And he's like, "I'm going going through all my emails, going through my social media accounts. Like, where did I get hacked?" Well, it turns out is an Amazon driver delivered a package mm-hmm. and claimed he heard racist words coming from the Ring device of the house. Okay, which is I suppose possible. And he but, made a okay. formal complaint. To the person, to the company, going. This guy did this to me, so they locked his. Hold account. on, were these racist? Were these racist remarks directed toward him, or yeah, was he just he, walking he up said, to the pack, walking up to the front door, said, and he just heard? He said he was dropping racist. the package off. You know how you can talk through your ring. Oh, it was doorbell? directed at him through the so ring. He said it was directed <laughs> at him, and okay. he told Amazon. Amazon, for some reason, I don't know. This is a true story, and like they locked his account. And he goes, wow. I, and he, and he, and this guy writes this article. I'll put it in the description so you, it's a firsthand account. He wrote it. And what's even crazier is he didn't even have a ring doorbell. He had like another brand. So okay. it, that's where he was like arguing. He's like, I don't even have that. Like, I think that's kind of beside the point, but okay. Well, I mean, like, <laughs> is he trying to use that as proof that the whole story is bunk because, oh, you got the wrong brand? Well, I think of- it's more because Ring is owned by Amazon. Okay. And so they're like, you can check it, you know, but you can't because it's a ring. I have the recording of him delivering. Oh, so he's saying this is completely made like, up, and it's sounding like this up. is made up. And but they locked. But they locked his. his a- they locked his Amazon account out, and thus because he has a smart home and it's all hooked to Amazon, he was locked in that. It kind of reminds me of that movie you said you watched the other day, where the guy went in to steal the art and the house locked down or something yeah, on him, and then he went insane because they couldn't yeah. get out of the house. Well, no, like he could turn on his lights, couldn't could turn do anything, off. and then the house like was trying to attack him and got really hot and then got really cold, and then he had to dookie in the bathtub. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> a lot of dookie, yeah. A lot. Well, he was nervous. Yeah. Oh, my God, that movie was terrible. No, that uh, is, but, you know, that does go to show you when you put all of your, you know, apples into one basket, so to speak, and you've got everything running through one service with one master password, and you type it in three different times, and it locks your account somewhere because you're trying little, to order movie little, tickets. A little crazy. Yeah. A little crazy. Yeah. So maybe that is sort of the adverse effects of technology. I don't know. That's a great story. I figured you liked that. Yeah, no, I'm I'm an anti smart house guy. I, I've got dumb house and I'm perfectly fine with it, man. I, I I mean they're like, oh, you can do this, that, and the other with your house through your phone. I'll just walk over five feet and touch the keypad and lock the doors. It's fine. Like yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> I don't yeah. need to, I don't need to open the garage door from my bed. Really, it's fine. I can walk over and push the button, people. It's not that difficult to do. Yeah. <laughs> Did you watch, or do you watch, game shows? Are you a game show guy? Like, when I was a child, TV, yeah. Yes. Like, I loved Guts. I loved Guts? Guts. Oh, Guts. Oh, yeah, that was a, that was a Nickelodeon show, yeah, right? Yeah, Nickelodeon game shows were tight. Yeah, I liked them. So what else there was? There's there's guts. Uh, uh, you you can't say that on television. It was an old 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 one. What's original the one, one? With Mark Summers? Yeah 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 yeah. Where they would dump the stuff on their head. The slime. Yeah. What is that? Why am I, I drawing a blank on that? Here, I'm looking it up. Well, I really love game shows. I'm still a game show guy. Um, my mom tells a story. I don't really remember it. That when I was little, I wanted to go on the Double Dare w- and what, Double Dare. What would you do? Yeah, those were great. Yeah, Mark Summers is is he still alive? I don't think he is. But anyways, I wanted to go on Wheel of Fortune because I love Wheel of Fortune. Awesome. Sorry to not know you're alive, Mr. Mark Summers, if you're listening. Um, I wanted to go on Wheel of Fortune so bad, and my mom said, sure, I'll just pack a bag. She was just joking. 
I come around the corner with a little bag packed. There's probably no telling what I had in there. You know, my toothbrush I was planning to swallow a few years later yeah. and some socks or whatever. And she thought, okay. Cry for help right there, guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she said, okay, let me let me uh, call this little kid's bluff. She said, okay, well, let's get in the car. So we got in the car and I'm all ready to go. I have no ticket, have no idea where I'm going, but I'm, you know, my mom drives to what I presume is the airport. I don't even know if it's the airport. You know, just around the block to see, just see how far. She's curious. She says, okay, we're here. I start to get out. She grabs me. She's like, what are you doing? I was ready to go. <laughs> she just wanted to see how far it would go. That's and I wanted, yeah, I wanted to go because I loved Wheel of Fortune so much. Isn't that funny? Well, um, I think that was probably my favorite one too. Although I liked Family Feud too. Family Feud is awesome. And that brings me to my next point. There was a former Family Feud contestant years ago who joked on the show that, you know, one of the questions was top 10 people or what is the top survey says, what is the top five answers for biggest mistake you ever made or whatever. And he says the biggest mistake was marrying his wife. And she was there on the show with him because it's called Family Feud. Okay. Now he, he said, oh, sorry, honey, I love you. But because he was, I guess, answering what he thought would be on the survey. Well, he has been recently convicted of murdering his wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was just, this guy's name is Timothy. He was charged in March uh, after Rebecca was found shot to death in their Quincy, Illinois home on February 23rd when she didn't pick up the, the kids from school. Yeah. Well, he, he kind of uh, he kind of telegraphed that one, didn't he? I'm not sure exactly when he made the comments, uh, but it was from years earlier. He says, uh, the question was, what was your biggest mistake? Oh, what was the biggest mistake made at your wedding? Is what the, the host Steve Harvey asked. And he says, honey, I love oh, you. There's a video. I do. There's a video I do. But my, bi- my biggest mistake, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I was saying there's I do. There's a video of this. Yeah, I have. I mean, I guess you could try and play it, but um, this dude has now um, been convicted of killing his wife. It says that, oh, the original episode was taped in 2019. So it really wasn't that long ago. I guess he was already planning it maybe subconsciously even then. So sad, man. But <laughs> he just went on TV and said, yeah, my biggest mistake was saying yeah. I do. Yeah. So we had the article, um, maybe not an article, but a story last week about internet traffic and bots. Yeah. And I said, you know, nearly half of all the internet traffic um, is is through bots. I think it's like 48%. Okay. <laughs> yeah, which, again, you said that... Um, you said you weren't surprised by it, and I was a little shocked that it was that high. Well, uh, there is a helpline that um, recently had to be taken down uh, because it was for a, an eating disorder hotline, and apparently it was, they had, in order to to cut costs, they decided to go straight chatbot for an eating disorder. So when you called this hotline, rather than talking to a clinician or a physician, it went to a chatbot. You know, let me ask not you a good, not a good way to uh, cut corners. I don't well, think. Well, let me ask you about that because you know, there's so many. You know, when the, the chatbot came out with a lot of companies, it was very convenient because you didn't have to be on the phone, right. and whatever. But then there is a certain point where you're like, okay, this isn't working. It happened to me the other day dealing with QuickBooks, dealing with the chatbot, and I was asking just a very simple question, mm-hmm. and they could should not, I eat four tacos at one sitting? No, this was about like. A payment thing and it said payment scheduled and it didn't say when didn't say anything so it's like well i need to know more information than that mm-hmm. and the chatbot was like oh this is an article about this this is an article about how to set up auto pay i'm like no i'm not I just right don't. right i need and to talk to a human being yeah, i go human being right right and uh well after firing its entire human staff and replacing them with a chatbot an eating disorder help- helpline has already <laughs> announced that it's bringing humans back that does not sound like a good idea to have chatbots replace, you know, doctors and such. When well, these people are it. in need. No, the chat, I can see the chatbot working, like, to funnel you into the right person to talk to. Perhaps, but I think this like, was... What kind of eating disorder I'm, do you have? Yeah, exactly. I, I like haven't eaten in two days. Right, yeah. And it's like, okay, let's talk to this other, let's talk to this specific person. Here's an, I'll call you. But, uh, yeah, I like it. It said that the uh, experiences went with the chatbots were extremely, extremely poor. <laughs> Well, you know, it's funny. I mean, who could have who could have guessed that? I, I, there's a there's a, a funny subreddit on Reddit about uh, DoorDash. Yeah. And they always talk about their DoorDash experiences. Apparently, when the guy put in a complaint and it was the Autobot talking to him, he goes, "What is your complaint, sir?" He's like, "Well, my food was never uh, 
my food was never delivered. And he's like, oh, well, where where did they deliver it to? He's like, well, the guy just threw it out of his window in front of my house. And he's like, and the chatbot's like, well, it sounds like it was delivered to your house. And he's yeah. like, what's the deal? Yeah. And he's like, well, it's all over the floor, all over the concrete in front of the house. And he like sends the picture, in, and it's like, well, from my, like from understanding your complaint is you did it was delivered to your house, and if you, we we are not go, we can give you a credit of five dollars. So awesome, we got it to your house. What else do you want? Yeah, well, that that was the Autobot. He's That's like, so awesome. Can I talk to a human, please? Like yeah. this is crazy. This person complained. I guess the um, chatbot's name was Tessa. It says every single thing Tessa suggested were the things that led me to the development of my eating disorder in the first place. This robot causes harm. <laughs> this is terrible, man. Again, well, again, with, this is not this is not a good that's idea. That's a sensitive topic. Is those people are an idiot to think, oh, let's solve this person's emotional problems with a robot. Right. Yeah. I mean, these people are reaching out to somebody for a support, and they're they're getting a chatbot. It's it's not a great idea. <laughs> oh man. What else would be a bad idea for a chatbot, I wonder? Uh, this sounds like it's possibly one of the worst. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> a medical advice. Yeah. Yeah. Because I can see them going that way. Whereas, like, what's the pain level? Well, they're kind of already doing that yeah. to a degree. Again, maybe to funnel you to, to a physician. But, I, I, you know, it's just one step closer. Yeah. Point to where it hurts. Owie. <laughs> yeah, we Describe your pain. Can you imagine the police auto... Chatbot. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Dial 911, it's a chatbot. Oh man, that's next though. Like, I'm trying to be, like, I'm being robbed. Yeah, yeah. Well, is there anyone in there? Yes, there is. I'm being robbed. <laughs> right. What are they robbing? What does that matter? <laughs> Hold on while I type. Yeah. <laughs> like, the guy's got a gun to my head. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Oh man. Anyways. No chatbots. Have you heard of this concept of ghost kitchens? I've heard of it. In the, the last time I heard of it was a joke. Yeah. Like a guy set up a ghost kitchen in the UK and basically did all these artsy pictures, but it was like BS food. Like he, it was like canned beans. and <laughs> As a joke. But, but he made it look really good. And so he would do ghost kit like it'd be like advertising on Yelp and it's all like this food kind of catfishing. So yeah, and then he was getting reservations. He was laughing because like he even took pictures of where it was. Like that, was just, it, as long as he wasn't accepting money, I suppose no, it's no, not illegal. Just I guess a good, like, people were trying to order all the time, right? And he was, just, and he's like, I want to see how far I could take it because I take like we have a, an exclusive table for one on this our back patio, and it's like a crappy patio that's rotting. Just to see if people will show up. Yeah. Probably shocked at the number of people who actually yeah. did. Dumb, gullible people. Well, a ghost kitchen, uh, they're also called virtual, cloud, or delivery-only, shadow, dark kitchens, blah, blah, blah. They're they're basically kitchens that, that don't have a brick-and-mortar presence, necessarily. Uh-huh. And a lot of times, it's it's people making food out of their house and then using delivery services like Uber Eats to get them to deliver their food, or in some cases, they do their own deliveries, or they have a separate delivery service. Um, and they they've been around for a while, but uh, in 2020, they got really popular thanks to COVID. You know, okay. COVID started shutting everything down, so people were like, "Well, fine, I'll make myself a nice tuna sandwich here in my in my kitchen, and then somebody, if they want to eat it, they I'll deliver it to them." Um, but now they're starting to really take off. And I, I'm wondering if this is sort of in response to the extremely high food prices and whatnot. People are like, well, I can make something in my house. It's going to be cheaper than what you can find at a McDonald's. But the kind of the problem is they're not regulated by anything. So it's okay. kind of a you get, <laughs> you get what you get kind of thing. I mean, there's no F, uh, was it FDA food and drug is not overseeing this. They don't have any health department, obviously, standards. So I don't know how long these things are going to go. But to me, it's kind of like if you know what you're getting into— and you know it's coming from someone's kitchen, and you agree to it. Freedom, baby, America. You can go eat somebody's tuna sandwich or whatever, and not care about it. You assume the risk, right? Is that tuna sandwich reference to Fast and Furious? Is is it a Fast and Furious reference? Maybe I did it subconsciously yeah. so I could lead you onto something. Love it. Is that is that really a Fast and Furious? Yeah, in the first one, he didn't come here for the tuna sandwiches. Oh, that's the only one I've seen. I don't remember it though. How's mm. the tuna day? You've been coming in here 
every week asking me how the tuning is today. It was crappy then, it was crappy yesterday, it's crappy today. I somewhat remember it. Well, it was just a few days ago, right? Yeah. Oh, man. Have you ever... Um, but what's wrong with this ghost kitchen stuff? Well, I don't really... I don't have a problem with it. I don't have a problem with that it was, at all. That was the end of your discussion about ghost kitchens? Well, kind of. Because you didn't seem too interested. Boring. Well, yeah. I guess it was kind well, I was of actually boring, looking but, up... But... Like, well, I was looking up to see if you had to apply to be one. No, I think you can just do whatever. We can make audience of one. Because I've heard of... the studio I've, at ghost kitchen, as far as I know. Like, you've heard of Mr. Beast, right? Uh, the YouTuber? I well, uh, he, the, okay, yeah, he's I think a YouTuber, pretty big guy. But he had like a beast burger he was doing. And what he would do is he'd get participating restaurants mm. to be a ghost kitchen for the beast burger. So you could go to like Golden Corral on their DoorDash. You know, it says, hey, we make the beast burger. Or you could go to like Red Brick Tavern and it'll say, we make the beast burger. But okay. they order, those restaurants order the, the food specifically from Mr. Beast. To make that specific meal. Is he making it out of his kitchen himself? Well, I mean, I think that's what people were doing. Mm. Because they were trying to get on the fad. Where it was like, how do I become a Beast Burger restaurant without actually having a restaurant? Because people were buying it. And some restaurants were literally doing that to get through. That's why he said he created it was to help restaurants get through COVID. So like, say this. Yeah, pe- yeah so it's kind of like on the same concept, yeah. I suppose. To so a like degree. a pizza place yeah. could be a Mr. Beast Burger place. Hmm. Even though they don't make burgers. But they have the kitchen to do it. And I guess if this guy has enough of an internet presence and people know who well, he is. Saying, and people were starting their own ghost kitchens. And yeah. just, and I mean, it wouldn't work if it was like Dick's Dogs or something. Uh, hey, I'm going to go over to, to Red Bricks and I, you can sell Dick's Dog. That's They're going to be like, no, well, no one knows that. Uh, but Mr. Beast has enough of a presence. It's going to work. But people were making, they applied to be a burger, Beast Burger, and they're in their house. Wow. So that they could have... Delivery from their home, home service. Mm-hmm. Did it work? Do you know? Well, they only did it for so long. I think uh, it was. I think he was doing it during the pandemic just to help. Yeah, these really got popular during the pandemic. But I had never heard of them. But just the term "ghost kitchen" sounds pretty cool to me. So I just thought I'd bring it to light, and maybe you'd do something about it. And you did. See, see. I know what's up. You know what's up. Have you ever thought about getting a vanity plate? Yeah, I want to. Right when I got my first car, I wanted to call Dicks. I knew you would. Or Dick Dicks I- or just Dick? Uh, well, originally I wanted to do Dick IV. D1. Because I'm the fourth. Yeah. So I wanted to do That's what Dick- you come up with in my phone, by the way. Yeah. Dick I- IV. I want to be Dick IV, and I was not allowed to do that. That sounds like a painful procedure, by the way. Hey, some people do it every day. It's called a... It's called a Necessity. Yeah. Catheter. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, so you thought about it, but you didn't actually do no, it. No, I applied for it. Oh, yeah? And was it um, shut down? They wouldn't let, you, they wouldn't let me have Dick. It's very similar to the problem we're having with promoting yeah. the show. It happens every day. Yeah, yeah. Well, some of these vanity plates. Censored. Yeah, we are, man. No, but I am. It does, yes, just you. It reminds me of that that Seinfeld episode where the guy had the the um, license plate with Ass Man, and he was a proctologist. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently, some of these uh, vanity plates can get really, really wildly expensive. And especially over in the Middle East, where there's crazy oil money. These vanity plates run amok, and they become basically a status symbol of your wealth. Well, it, just last month, um, a license plate was sold that became the most expensive in the world. And I don't know if you've looked at it, so I was going to ask you what you thought the price of it was. But this license plate just said P7. Like, okay, I don't understand what P7 is. It sold for $15 million. All right, what's P7 mean? I don't know. I don't understand what P7 is, <clears throat> but it brought in $15 million. And the ones that are the most expensive are the ones that are really, really short. Like if you just get the number one or the number 99 or something like that, it's just, just real short. People know those are sought after and it is an absolute show of wealth. Hey, look at me. Not only am I driving a million dollar car, I've got $5 million plates on this million dollar car. That is a world I do not understand. Whoa, fourteen million dollars. Yeah, it says uh, the bearing number number one uh, was the previous record around fourteen million dollars, uh, fifty-two million dirhams. Man, you look like a vanity plate guy. Dick I think IV. you should still go for it, Dick. I you should try it again. Maybe the laws have loosened. Yeah, maybe. Actually, I was just looking that up. 
Yeah. But anyways, it's it, apparently it's a big deal. They, they they get them on auction, and people want them. And sometimes they don't even actually put them on their car. They just hold them as as just to have rights to say, I've got it. And then other people, of course, want people to see it. Yeah. I thought there was a list here that showed basically which ones they were and what prices, but I don't see it at the moment. Maybe I'm, Maybe that was a different article. That's nuts, man. I don't know what I would get if I got a vanity plate. Oh, maybe I will go with Aspen. Go with Beast Burger. <laughs> onesie. Yeah, there you go. AOO, right? Yeah. No, in the onesies. AOO in the onesies. You're looking something up furiously over there, feverishly. I'm if I could do it. $90 a year. That's yeah. what it would cost me to have Dick IV. So, wow. Because I know some of them uh, are obviously more popular than others. So if for $90, that means it's not very popular, I suppose. And um, that also means it's available, right? Because if it's not available, it wouldn't come up, I would guess. Did you type it in, Dick IV? And it said $90 you, a year. Dick's getting a new license plate. <laughs> I like it. So uh, last week we also talked about um, Crypto.com putting in money into an account up to, what was it, like $10.3 million yeah. inadvertently into these this uh, Australian couple's account. And, of course, they immediately went and start <laughs> giving it away and buying houses and divesting it in all these crazy places so that Crypto.com could not find it. Well, maybe maybe I am being tracked and followed because I saw this story of a woman who um, was accidentally wired 50K. Now, as we learned, that is above your threshold. You would return that, right? And I think yeah. mine mine was 10K. Okay. Right. And the reason I said 10K was because I thought if if I got it, maybe I'd hold on to it for a little bit. If I spent it and then they came back and asked me for it, 10K is probably my threshold of where I could say, all right, I can pay it back, you know? You don't want to do that with a million or 10 million because you can't logistically pay it back. Well, you can't. Speak for yourself. Yeah, well, I'm not buying vanity plates either. So it says she was accidentally wired 50K by her former credit union in her 20s. And she faced no penalties from the bank's mistake. Apparently, she called them. And they said, no, we didn't do that. She's like, yeah, you did. I have 50,000K wired to me. And she was very nervous that she was going to get in trouble. So she just held on to it. And eventually, she just got to keep it. That's a freebie. Boom. 50K, man. Yeah. I would I would say so. So the moral of the story is you say give it back. This lady tried to, but they told her to keep it. And she said, I stood there frozen. I was like, oh, my God, someone's trying to set me up. Because <laughs> that's what I would think. And then just like you said, your friend with receiving $3 million from the IRS, he's thinking somebody's trying to set me up. Somebody's trying to set me up. But oh, we got we got intruders here. Check, check me out. I'm looking hot. Oh, you are. And the voice. It's the yeah, voice. Okay. We have a window here in the studio, and there's people walking by, and they're they're looking at Dick, and Dick's making eyes. <laughs> Did well, you? Ever... It made me think. I was like, we don't have anyone to schedule right now. No, no, especially not. In, well, I don't know. Do That's we? What I'm saying it's one of those times. Where like we're pretty sure we clear out the schedule for this. To yeah. Record. Yeah. So. All right, hey, uh, I think we're going to close the show out with this one story. Did you ever, when you were in high school, have that rumor about yellow number five? Yeah, shrinking your testicles. There you go. So I was going to wonder if it was the same same rumor uh, or if it was shrinking other various body parts. Yeah. Is that what happened with Bud Light? <laughs> it really shrunk. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was hey, good. now. That was hey, good. now. Oh, no, uh, yeah. Well, no, you know, it's funny that we could have this conversation because Bud Light is similar in this fashion of that was just like a made up rumor, I guarantee you. But it really had certain kids like, I'm not drinking yellow five. Does it have yellow five? Does it have yellow five in it? Oh, yeah. It was a thing. And I remember it, it was in popular in Mountain Dew. I say it's popular. It's one of the ingredients in Mountain Dew. And if you happen to be drinking a Mountain Dew, I remember there'd be kids going, oh, dude, look at that guy's drinking a Mountain Dew. You know what's happening to him? <laughs> you know? And I, I guess I kind of thought that it was fake then, but it was always sort of in the back of my mind that this could potentially be real. Um, and it also supposedly lowers sperm count, which you had some other guys going, bro, drink a lot of it. Because at that time, yeah. it could be some sort of self-administered birth control. Swallow a toothbrush. Uh, oh, doesn't it work that way? No, I don't think so. Okay. 
Yeah, so I was just wondering, though, if you had ever heard that, because I, I hadn't no, I thought about that. it for years, and, and I, I didn't know if that was just something that was popular in my school. Like, can you imagine the uh, the PR release you have to put out? It's like, hey, we, we do not shrink your testicles. <laughs> right. Yeah, by the way. That's good to know. Yeah, it's been approved by the FDA to use in food and cosmetics and things. It's also called tartazine. Then you had the FDA re-question themselves, like, hey, guys, my son came from uh, its cafeteria yesterday and said, told me that yellow five shrinks your testicles. Do we actually approve yellow five? Uh, well, yeah, we, we approved that about 45 years ago. We might need to look into that. Because if my son believes it, it could be happening. Mm. And we have millions of balls shrinking every day. And his name is Dick. Well, like it. well, it's what? been it's been in hey, food since 1979. What's that? It's been around for a while, and they have and to label it because apparently tartazine or yellow number five does have some adverse effects for like allergies and things. Yeah. So I'm sure that's where the rumor started, but I just didn't know how pervasive it was, and if something you had heard of, or if it was maybe like I said, I'm a little bit older than you. If maybe that was just something that went through in quote my generation, but um, no, apparently it still persists. So drink your Mountain Dew, drink up. What, what, I'm trying to think of other things media or businesses have to go through through that kind of garbage because they weren't like it's kind of like the uh we talked about four loco several episodes ago yes like the reason that became popular is just because of like the urban myth with it mm-hmm. and so same thing with yellow five it's like well how do we not because we're like when surge oh yeah got same cut. thing mm-hmm. i don't think it got cut cut because of yellow five i think it was like people believe it killed kids because it had so much sugar in it or something. Yeah, and yeah, caffeine and sugar and everything. Yeah. It it, it was one of those those sodas that was looked down upon by parents. Yeah. The children definitely didn't want to consume it. Well, I snopsed it and yeah, it it is false. Mountain Dew oh. and Yellow Number 5 does not cause one's testicles to shrink. Sure. Nor does it <laughs> yeah, nor does it cause your sperm counts to go down. So that is my PSA for the week. That's good. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And that, sir, is the conclusion of Audience of One this week. Well, uh, send us your article ideas, topics, musings, Audience of One Show at gmail.com. And then uh, we're also on Facebook. Andrew checks that all the time. I do not. All the time. All the time. And don't forget, we're here every Wednesday at 10 a.m. New episodes being dropped. Drop it like it's hot. And then uh, we're looking for donors, donations, and sponsors. sponsors. Uh, you want to be associated with the show and the AOO show, the onesies? You can sponsor this show. Yeah, become a onesie. Become and, a onesie. Uh, it, that's IRLoneStar.com slash AOO. AO. For more information on what that gets you, I suppose you could reach out to us. AO. Shout outs on the show. Banners during our show. All yeah, kinds of good audio stuff. Audio spots. Yeah, man. Audio Highlights spots. of your business. You know, we'll talk about Yellow 5. And how your product doesn't have doesn't, number 5. Doesn't. Or maybe it has a lot, and that's what you're going for. I don't know. Whatever you want. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> Audience of One, Andrew, it's good to see you, dude. Yeah, man. As you as well. You too. And we'll be back next week. Bye.